good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. Come check out You Probably Write Podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. (laughs) I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes, to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh uh-oh, yeah, God, self-help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way, hopefully anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not-so-tough questions, and all the while, understand that, listen, Sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat. Well, that's how it is here. And because there's no topic, well, very few topics off the table. Trontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there. (laughs) Hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting. And hey, maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere. Hope to see you soon. What's up? You have entered the dragon's lair. No, just joking. You have entered the podcast called You're Probably Right, and I'm your host, MCM. And I'm so happy that you joined. For those who are joining for the first time, for those who regularly listen, and for those who may be listening for the last time, I welcome you all. I hope God is blessing you. But I'm sure he is. If you're hearing my voice, then you have been blessed with the gift of life and everything else. After that, above that is a blessing as well. So today I'm going to talk about stuff, of course. What else would I be doing, right? (laughs) Um, Oh, I forgot to say you're welcome at my house anytime. (laughs) Um, That's a funny thing that I started this thing with a long time ago. My... Uh, first time or my older listeners would probably get that or not maybe they just used to hear me say it but anyways you are welcome I do my best not to offend but if I offend it's only in truth at least the truth that I understand and I am regularly growing in many different ways and I'm not always right I realize that and that's why it's called you're probably right because I could probably be wrong as well Um, I talk about my experiences, I pull from my experiences, I pull from my understanding of things through my education, through things that I've heard, learned, and copied, no, (laughs) whatever, I I just, you know, basically the podcast is for entertainment purposes only, so... You can fact check me on some things and I might be right and you can fact check me on some other things and I might be wrong. And that's the whole point because this is for entertainment purposes only. I do not even think to say that I know everything because I know I don't know everything. All right. So with that out the way, I wanted to talk about something that keeps being brought up and I keep hearing about doing what's best for the people on the margins And, you know, sometimes it's difficult to figure out who is on the margins. You know what I mean? Is it people who are in receipt of um, public assistance? Is it people who have struggles with their gender identity? Is it people who have, um, who are single or their marital status is a little bit messed up as I guess society would look at it or is ancestry an issue or gender expression? records of offenses maybe you just came out of jail and you can't get a job and you can't get anybody to give you a break maybe it's your sexual orientation maybe it's your age maybe it's your color maybe it's your creed your place of origin i think i said it not did i um your disability whatever 
And, um, but I know it's not those that they're really speaking of. When generally in society these days, when they're saying the people on the margins are usually talking about people of color, they're, they're talking about people are what they call BIPOC. <laughs> um, I really don't like the term, but I mean, I've realized that there's a lot of stuff that are normal these days, status quo, whatever it is, and I don't agree with a lot of it. And it seems like most people don't, but yet they're going along with it. And I think it's because of fear. <clears throat> so I think when I, when they, when, when I think of the word margins, I'm thinking of black students when it comes to people on the margins or students on the margins when it comes to school, um, indigenous people that they would call um, racialized back in the day would be maybe colored where they would throw black brown and whatever yellow whatever colors that they give the different cultures um it's funny though we're all shades of brown but anyway that's a whole nother story um homeless people maybe parentless people um you know widows widowers seniors alone yeah those are the people people on the margins generally but um, I think about things that harm, that are harmful to youth that people don't realize are harmful to youth. Um, I think about all the things that we think are necessary or necessities of life that really aren't necessities of life at all. I think about my culture with, you know, the different hip hop cultures and shoe cultures and whole bunch of cultures that are um, invading the world at the same time and the world is a pretty mixed up place to be and one of the worst places to be these days is on social media because it's never ending you know that would be the, the main thing is that if you are bored with the people in front of you you can always just pull open an app and there's someone somewhere willing to connect, send a message, send a picture, send a video, and it's all times throughout the days, 24-7. When it's nighttime where you are, well, guess what, five hours ahead or five hours behind, you know, somebody's there. You know, we think of, uh, say, from North America to England, or if it's just in between there, you can just go from West Coast to East Coast. And um, if you really want to really want to hit it, then you can um, think about, you know, Hawaii or Japan or somewhere in Malaysia or something like that. That would be like it'd be seven o'clock or eight o'clock here and they'd be just getting up. Um, and I'm talking about PM and for us in the sorry in up here in North America or in Toronto, I guess would be the best place for me to time those time zones um you know in reality history right now what's happened is the queen has just passed away and that's a big thing um i'm not really going to speak on it too much because it, it, it listen she's 96 you know i i think about you know what the importance to the english people and it can be what it is. I mean, if she helped you prosper, your family prosper, maybe she meant good things to you. And then there's the people who feel like they were colonized or they were colonized. And maybe even if she wasn't head of state per se, but she did have the people's respect. And um, if she said something, it did hold a lot of weight because there was a lineage there. There was, a, you know, there was a record of her family and the royalty behind her name and her her station and her palace and her kingdom, you know. <clears throat> but she passed away and I mean, she was a lightweight. I mean, she made it. I mean, I was just thinking that my dad, if he was alive, which he his birthday would have been week before yeah just just barely maybe a week and a half 
before the queen's passing here. Yeah, I see, let's see, I think she died on the 9th, I think it was. The 10th. But um, yeah, my, my dad's birthday, if he was alive, he would have been 99. <laughs> so they're from the same time, and a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, he was older. He definitely has seen more <laughs> in his life, definitely more hardships and struggles. But um, as a Christian, I look at it and I say, yes, maybe she didn't help a lot of people. And maybe, yes, she did help a lot of people. She lived certainly a well-to-do, charmed, blessed life on this earth. And now I think, where is she now? That's what I think for anybody who passes away, whether you're six months, like a baby that I, I held that I knew and he passed away this was years ago and I think of the unborn child that was you know not born but named all the same in the womb and I think of someone as old as the queen and realize that it's the afterlife that is the beginning of life here we are only here for a little bit of time you know, she knows what she believed in. Some people say that she was very religious. Some people say there was no possible way that she could have been a believer. But God knows. And God knows your heart as well as you listen to me. But um, I think about what I really wanted to talk about again. Again. I think about why is it that black West Indian children cannot prosper in this country? You know, I look at the black, in other words, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about Trinidadians and Guyanese and Bayesians, but I would, they're in there. But I really, really think of the poor island Jamaica, <laughs> the place that has been overrun by tourism overrun by violence within and without that has been almost forgotten whose money is almost worthless but yet their beaches are nice the culture is nice the food is nice the sun is nice that shines nice there um and i'm wondering why can't they prosper a lot of people from the West Indies some do but a lot don't especially here in Canada I know a lot you know I have a lot of family members in England from the same lineage but they seem to prosper they seem to prosper in in England they seem to prosper in America. But I'm trying to figure out why is it that the Canadian ones have a difficult time? The ones that have come up from Jamaica or, you know, other islands. And for some reason, they can't quite get a handle on things. Especially the ones from Jamaica. From what I see. And this is 50 years in the country being born here. and going to school here and educating here and I'm sure there's a lot of reasons but it goes bigger than just the Jamaican population but it seems like they're hit the hardest and I don't get it but as I talk a little bit today, some of it might make sense to you. Again, some may not. Some things might not make sense. But I, I first, I, I look at the trades. I wonder, where did all the trades go? Why did they start closing down all the shops? Like, you and I both know, not everybody's going to become a doctor. Not everybody's going to become a lawyer. Not everybody's going to become an engineer, uh, any type of physician, 
with any type of doctrine or a doctorate. Not everybody is going to be a superstar in any field. Some people are regular people who have a trade. So I think about hairstyling, which seems to have come back. I guess it's one of the easier ones to bring back into a building because you just need some small items, chairs, and there you go. But things like mechanic shops are gone. Woodworking shops are gone. Electrician or electric shops are gone. Um, there's not much emphasis put on, on you know, home economics and you wonder why is that and i've noticed now that they've done that and they've they've scaled back the funding in those areas in schools a lot of the students that would have maybe taken those courses are just floating around and hoping to one day get into the lower levels of the humanities i mean you go into a school who has the lower jobs if you know any black people in your school that you've worked at or you've been to in recent years in the greater Toronto area, you have CYWs, EAs, caretakers, and sometimes office people. And more often times than not, if there are eight black people in a school, 80 percent of those people are probably in the lower end jobs and you'll have one teacher made it <laughs> I guess if you consider that making it and I just look at it and I just it's sad you know you think about all the hoops that they they want you to jump through in this in this society and you do that you graduate and there's not a place for you because you didn't measure up, you know? It's, it's difficult to get into university. It's not so hard to get into college, but then, you know, if you're coming from a family that doesn't have a lot of money because your parents were at entry-level jobs their whole lives, then they barely have enough money to help you with anything called college. And then there's the, the loans. So you start your, you start your life off right out of college if you graduate or university if you're lucky enough to get there you start off with a big huge deficit I think about it you know if you if you don't get to go to college or university then you're doing some lower level job and that's everybody of course but it just seems to affect the black community more. I can't really speak of the indigenous um, way of life in the greater Toronto area. I know that a lot of them are in the outskirts, but there are some downtown and they have struggles as well. And I believe some of the struggles are the same, just like white people or Chinese or brown, but even though way lesser extent, I mean, if you want to be honest in, in North America, now we're talking about North America, we're talking about Toronto, Greater Toronto area. Um, how many homeless Chinese people do you see? How many homeless brown people do you see? Yeah, you might see um, a woman who looks sort of Middle Eastern um, begging on the streets somewhere once in a while, but how often do you see a Chinese person? How often do you see a person from India? And maybe those cultures would say you know what will we take care of our own or we are smarter but we just wouldn't like to say it that loud and you know that's the one thing that pisses me off about cancel culture is that you can't say anything you can't be racial in any of your speech even if you're just working through a topic or a subject you have to be so mindful with what you say everything is You'll be attacked if you say it. Then if you go behind closed doors, you hear people and they're like, yeah, but they're not going to stand up and say what they think in front of anyone. 
So then there's this big um, idea that everybody agrees except for you. If you decide to open your mouth wide enough. <laughs> Think about de-streaming. De-streaming math. I've said it before. Why not de-stream English, which everybody speaks? Why start with math? I think about school when I was in school. Go ahead, de-stream math. I tried to fight to advanced or um, academic up until grade 10. And then me and math were done. <laughs> I had to drop it down to um, the medium level. I had something called general, which was applied now. I couldn't do it. How are you going to you're going to bring me into functions in grade 11, 12 or, uh, you know, geometry? You know, not sorry, not geometry, calculus <laughs> or finite math. It wasn't going to happen. It, it just wasn't up my in my wheelhouse. I didn't have the aptitude for it. Now, maybe somehow I could have fought through. But really, no, not to keep up with the class. Maybe I could have actually understood the concepts um, a lot slower. But when I was in high school, my parents didn't have money to get me a tutor to pull my mark up to a B or an A like a lot of students have you know growing up I did all my work by myself all of it I might have got a little help when I was like four five six maybe just like you know learning to read kind of my parents didn't have time because they're always working those lower paying jobs to to uh, pay a mortgage they were blessed enough to have a house that they're paying for but um they didn't have money they they sent me to a tutor i think grade two grade three or something like that and that was a waste of time the lady would just give me math sheets to sit there and try to do that worked that lasted for a little bit of time but she couldn't stand me and i hated going there and i learned absolutely nothing there was no teaching going on just here's the sheets do that work for a half an hour, hour, then get out. So, okay, wow, that is amazing tutoring. <laughs> I know tutoring is definitely not supposed to be that way because I've seen it done the correct way. But that's what I ex I was exposed to when my parents were trying to help me in school. Trying to help me keep up even though I had a learning disability. They tried. But, you know, I would have been somebody probably ripe for the trades you know i was half decent in drafting i did pretty good in welding <clears throat> my welding my woodworking skills sucked but i was pretty good in home economics with the cooking and the sewing and stuff but those things phased out i mean i did a little bit in grade eight did a little bit in grade 10 or something like that and that was it for that changed schools they didn't have those things you know we moved <laughs> i never got into mechanics maybe i could have who knows they weren't pushed and everybody wanted to be a renaissance man. Everybody wanted to to um, keep up with the Joneses. So the way that those things were delivered through peer pressure and through how teachers used to speak about who had respect in classrooms, you knew that you didn't want to do the trades. Just from that alone, they weren't respected. So now nobody does them. And now, you know, they're getting people from other countries to do the trades because the kids that they raised in, in the greater Toronto area don't know trades. And that's factual. People argue they, you know, they, they want to see that, that students look at each other um, a certain way with respect and as equals as peers. But that's not how the schools run in most cases. That's not how it was running when I was a student even. You know, you want to look at the black community in Toronto, what are you looking at? You, what were they, what are the black, what is the black kid, the average black kid looked at for as far as something positive? Well, let's see. If you're walking down a street, you have a black friend, it might give you a little cachet, a little truff, a little street toughness, a little street cred that he might be able to whoop somebody's tail because he might be a little bit taller, a little bit stronger, a little bit more physically fit, maybe. Obviously not all the time. Or um, we're looked at for the cool things in society. You know, and I'm, I know I'm jumping from topics, but if you just hear me out and just catch the vibe, I'm not trying to 
cast aspersions on anybody's culture nor I'm trying to leave anybody out I'm just talking and you know you might learn something here or it might be totally nonsense but maybe the nonsense is something that you need to hear maybe you need to hear the ignorance that that is uh grown up out of Toronto I mean as I said 50 years in the GTA I went to school in North York Scarborough for a little bit and in Markham and then I went to college downtown at George Brown College and I went to Seneca and I have some other education too but it probably wouldn't be looked at as worthy to speak about here so we'll just say though that's all the education I have <laughs> I do have affinity for uh, lectures though university lectures um, but yeah in, in Toronto anyway because I can't speak for the kids in England I can't speak for the kids in Massachusetts or New York or you know wherever but here I know that you were looked at for if you're playing a sport you want the black guys on your team now of course you'll have the ones that were awkward again but I'm just generalizing so maybe just as a disclaimer I when I'm saying these things it's generally everybody knew a black kid who couldn't dance who couldn't run who couldn't sing who had no fashion sense <laughs> I'm just talking about generally okay so as I said you're picking a team could have been hockey even because I mean I was one of the better hockey players wherever I was at school um, so sports you look for a black guy dance the deck the black guys back in the day the break dancing were nine times out of ten we're gonna be the best break dancers slang you love the you know the Jamaican slangs the some of the West Indian but mostly Jamaican slangs were the, the cool ones back in the days um, I know it's changed now and it's getting mashed up with English and other cultures as well um, and New York slang of course and all that um, fashion and music culture those things were cool those things you look to black kids for when you're growing up um, if it was science math getting your work done on time being a good student being respectable in class most of the time those weren't you're looking for the quiet little Asian kids or the nerdy little white kids or just the well-behaved other kids from other cultures generally it's not something that oh the black guy let's let's behave in uh, science like Dante over there <laughs> it, it, it's probably not gonna be the reality for most people now, of course, it was. I mean, I look at it and I say, yeah, I was a quiet kid. I got sent to the office one time. <laughs> and that was because my teacher lied. <laughs> Should I tell you the story? I've told it before. Basically, it was I've never gotten in trouble before at school. And Well, when I got older, anyway, I, like obviously I did a little nonsense where I might have been taking too long to come to class in the hallway or some stupidness or spent too long on, out on a drink. But I mean, literally where I got sent to the office one time and that was when I was in grade 10 or 11. And the reason why, the reason was, <laughs> was we had a supply teacher and the supply teacher didn't have very many strategies back then. But she said, if you guys work for half the period, no problems no noise and staying on task then for the last half of the class i will let you guys play on the computers and back in the days of course it was cheesy computer games like where in the world is carmen san diego or some other nonsense but you know a deal is a deal we did exactly what she said so i straight up said okay well you know it's half the class is gone we've worked all quiet can we use a computer now she goes be quiet, go sit down and go do your work. I was like, what the heck? Yes, I, you know, I called her a liar, whatever I did. But anyway, she said, go to the office. I went to the office. The office goes, hi, Michael, why are you down here? <laughs> and this is at a school called Victoria Park, uh, secondary school. And um, this is like 87 or something. And <laughs> I'm like, well, I got sent down here. The teacher lied and, and I'm down here and I'm ticked off because, you know, not that I, my work isn't important and not I shouldn't do my work anyways, but don't make a promise to kids and then just turn, you know, kind of because that was your only strategy. Then you lie and just say, oh, I changed my mind. Go do your work. 
I was pissed off. You know what the, you know what the, the office did? The office sent me right back to class. Because they knew that I wasn't a rude child and I wasn't someone that was just coming down there to kick up nonsense. I was usually quiet and I was on point or on task in most cases. But I can honestly say that wasn't the case for a lot of my, my peers, nor has it been the case for many of the students that I've um, worked with. Um, you know, I can honestly say that in schools, a lot of the time the teachers were scared to speak up about things when it comes to black kids or any kid now. Teachers are scared. They're disinterested. They're um, having a hard time getting their black kids to be engaged in their classes. And a lot of times they just don't care. You know, they're going to have like, there's, you know, they're black kids sprinkled around. When was the last time you, if you're in, in Toronto, when was the last time you heard a, a Jamaican with a real Jamaican accent? They stopped letting Jamaicans in probably around 88, 89, when they were, you know, they called Jamaica the, the murder capital of the world. They stopped letting immigration. And rightfully so, I guess, if, if that was the reality. I don't know if it was made of something bigger than it was, but they certainly stopped letting people from the West Indies in. And that was not only Jamaica, that was all the other um, islands as well, pretty much. Except I think Trinidad's had a little bit maybe a slight or easier time in at some points but generally you won't see it you weren't seeing it back in the 90s so much and you weren't seeing it you're definitely not seeing it now i know that um ukraine's had their time now and i know that sri lanka's had their time now nigeria's had their time and a few other african countries have had their time but and i guess they assumed that i mean my dad came up from 66 65 so Back then, yeah, you'd get Jamaicans up here. And I guess they trickled in from then until the late 80s, and then everything went left, <laughs> I guess. You know, here in Canada, parents and students, you know, I think about stuff like as I was speaking about um, social media you know, I was thinking of social media and you know nowadays, nowadays people believe that like it's their right to have their cell phone on them it's their right to be able to pull out a cell phone and what if my mom calls or what if my dad calls we're lived in two separate houses blah 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 I need my cell phone and you know in class most of the kids are on social media most of the kids are in a group chat from class to class. Kids sit in classes now and WhatsApp each other <laughs> to meet outside so that they can meet in the hallway, like ask to go to the washroom. I mean, how can you stop it? <laughs> Whereas maybe in say China, that would be a, a thing where they probably wouldn't even be allowed to have the cell phone in class most likely. Maybe they would have proper, you know, internet limiting situations where certain apps don't work. I'm sure they could figure that out if they really wanted to. But, you know, corporations want the kids, the kids that have no home training or have no um, one to look over and, and watch what they do. They want those kids on because it's making them money one way or the other. More interaction with their app. And the teachers are having a hard time getting the kids motivated. Of course they are, because they're talking to their friends for most of the class. <laughs> you know? Or they're on in some cyber world, you know, where some of the kids, they have no interactions with the kids in the classroom, but they're constantly smiling and, and going on on their, their app because they have friends all across the world on these things. Everybody wants everything to be fluid and they want the rules, you know, flexible until it affects them and their way of life. You know, they, they want you to limit the amount of gas cars that are on the road or 
gas guzzlers and they had an emissions thing before and for some reason they stopped that i don't know why at this time um they don't want you to eat meat they're against your religion kids must be allowed to explore their sexualities and and that's as young as possible and today chris feels like a boy tomorrow he's christine or you know or tomorrow he's from yesterday he's dave and now he's divina or you know it's that that's what it is it's it's a whole society and listen i have my belief system and that comes from christianity that comes from god almighty god the one who made heaven and earth the god of the bible and i follow what my lord says in that respect 100% i don't believe in it now do i hate people who live the other ways or believe that there's many many genders or you know their sexual orientation is i mean it's not my business if you whatever you're doing while you're not around me at work or whatever the case is or whatever you're doing in the privacy of your own home what can i say to that you know i have friends who are that way or those ways but it doesn't mean i agree with it i mean i have friends who do other things that are against the principles in the bible like stealing like lying like adulterous in a heterosexual manner or fornicate in a heterosexual sexual manner it's still wrong according to the bible according to god now if you live that way that's that's you everybody's gonna stand and be judged on their deeds and whether they're good or bad even their words you know i think about it the amount of um, education you've had even according to the scriptures you're responsible for those words in other words you can't say i didn't know if you heard it and i've heard a lot so yeah sometimes i get a little nervous saying you know maybe you know i've heard all these sermons and if i haven't listened and i've just continued in my ways in certain aspects i don't know what is going to be the end for me sometimes i worry about that you know we had it where they say that people believe that science has disproven disproven judeo christianity and the existence of god right science did that they say and as such taken church and god out of the schools as a baseline for conduct and rules and morality and who knows what the behavior is supposed to be now what what is the what is our guide what is our moral guide now even people who weren't even christians before would follow certain things from the bible just for society's sake they probably still have people swear on the bible and i'm sure they've probably changed that in the courts i don't know if america still says one nation under god what god who knows And then they say, you know, science, check it out. Science says there are two genders, male and female. Talking about the chromosome, down to the chromatic. <laughs> chromatic, is that a word? <laughs> down to chromosomes, right? The humanities now, you know, psychologists and all kinds. <laughs> they say that there are many different genders. So you let science disprove God and Christianity and then you reject what science says concerning the genders even though science would tell you what is what you know It's kind of interesting it it works for you and then it doesn't work for you So if there is no baseline of how we're going to decide what is what, then how are we going to know anything? And I think that we're we're developing a whole bunch of mixed up people. And Lord help the students, the kids now. I have a student I have a student son who's really young, 
who's being affected by this stuff. I have to go through all kinds of unlearning with this child when he's not amongst the, the pack of students being taught certain things. They want teachers to promote things to black kids about being excellent, you know? And these same kids, they don't have the support at home. Why? Because, you know, money is power. And a lot of the time, these parents are stuck working in powerless, low-paying jobs. Working two or three jobs just to make ends meet. Not even to keep up with the Joneses or anyone else. But they're just trying to pay their bills and eat and feed their kids. You know? And I'm sure indigenous families go through the same thing in some respects. But you think of that term BIPOC, black indigenous people of color. The black and the indigenous don't have the same situation. At least the indigenous people are looked at as a sovereign nation. And there are some like say I think the Métis who are I think it's half indigenous half French or I'm not sure exactly because I'm not a total in on it so I don't know everything when it comes to that but there are some that are white passing just like there are some black people who are white passing but nobody looks at the black people or black diaspora as a sovereign nation in Canada because they weren't the first people here so there's no um reserves or reservations however you look at it for black people here we are out here amongst the whatever's and the whoever's and we are living amongst everyone we are intermingling and 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 marrying and mating with 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 other cultures we are living next door to everyone else we're not all set off one one area in most cases but why is there no prosperity for the black west indians as much as other cultures there's many cultures that just came 5 10 15 20 years now they have multiple houses multiple cars multiple businesses they have surpassed many times over those in the black community who are representatives or descendants of people from the atlantic slave trade that are here in Canada and they can't prosper some of them are lucky if they have a house lucky if they have a car lucky if they have a job that pays rent and pays mortgage properly many of them are in the system as far as welfare and you know you don't get as much money if you're a couple stays together so there's a lot of broken homes and most people know that most of the arguments and most of the breakups are around finances. Well, listen, if we both are working at Walmart and I can get some type of a stipend or whatever it is, if I have the kids and just myself, then it's going to be easier to let you go. If they said, you know, you're going to give you more money if you can keep your family together, then trust me, there'd be a lot more families together. Facts. You know, they're marginalized parents <laughs> expected to to raise regular children. Regular children getting respect from teachers in the school system. I wonder. Raise high value educated students from a low income, hardly ever see your kids household. They can't pay for tutors, can't pay for music lessons or gymnastics or figure skating or memberships in clubs, buy sports equipment and be in sports clubs, keep your kid out of trouble. Can't do it. I was working at an ice rink. The kids were either black. No, sorry. The kids were either white or Asian. And that could be South, Central, West, whatever, Asian, just, just not black. And once in a while, you'd see one black kid. Or you see a black kid that was 
biracial. He was black and he was white. Or black and European. However you want to look at it. You know, the black people from the West Indies, they're slangs, but there's no official languages except for those who maybe speak French from maybe like Haiti or Saint Martin or Saint Martinique. You know, there's no official language. So, you know, where you might need, you know, a, a, a Indian person or a Chinese person might be able to get, or another, or from other com- other countries as well, might be able to get certain jobs and get a, a, a head just because they know another language. Well, these kids, these other kids, or these other people, only speak English and they speak broken English. They speak patois, patois, as some people think it is. So there's no official language, so they don't get a head up in the language department. I know people who were crappy in school, but they understood French because they were from Montreal. So they were able to get jobs that I wasn't because they were bilingual. That already gives you, from birth, (laughs) it's almost a birthright. Funny enough, most of the black people I know from Montreal don't speak French. But that's weird, but whatever. It's, I guess, English sector, right? There's no cultural names, except if you look at those like uh, Mercedes and Deontes and Deshaun's and um, well, there's no Shaniquas anymore, but you kind of, I'm sure you get the idea. So if anything, those names would exclude you, but there was no cultural culture, <laughs> you know? That would give us any type of leg up in any way. People who got to go to university, respect. If you came out with a degree, there was, you know, you're at higher learning. So there's a certain status that you get. Most jobs, the, the good jobs that can actually pay a mortgage, a lot of the time, maybe it's slowly changing now, but you got through university. Money in this culture, in most cultures, is respect. When you have the monetary means, you get a certain level of respect. That's why some people will deal with drugs for it. Because you got that money. You may not have got it the right way, but you got it. Many of the jobs, you know, the education that you get from college, in most cases, are lower level. Or... The education was at a university level and they just threw it in the colleges like nursing, you know, actual RN. And now they get degrees in colleges or you can go to university as well. But people who came barely out of high school with a hard C and maybe just went to work because they couldn't do the college thing for whatever reason or didn't, you get the crappy jobs. There's not much respect given to that. There is respect given to the right lineage, though. Experience. Experience doesn't play a a huge part in what somebody's going to pay you. It might get you into a job if you were the right color. Most barely graduate as far as black students are concerned. They don't like what the teachers were speaking about most of the time. Now, yes, there is uh, Black History Month, which I don't agree with at all. Relegating black history to one month of the year, making a big deal about it in some respects. And the only ones that were really taking taking part big time were the black kids. 14 black kids come meet in the library. We're going to talk about black things. Same stories over and over every year. Black excellence. Woohoo! You know, thinking when you're a, a student, I, I want to graduate. What do you want to be? Um, well, my parents just want to make sure I graduate. Well, you talk to some other cultures, they're not only graduating isn't even so what? They want doctors, lawyers, engineers. That was how it was back in the day. I'm sure that's changed now. And maybe parents want their kids to get into crypto or own their own business and be a business person or get into real estate or whatever it is. But back in those days, yeah, doctors, lawyers, 
there was a point to where they were going. Black kids, yeah, we had the pipe dreams of being a professional football player or a basketball player or a singer, a rapper, or, um, you know, maybe a barber or a hairstylist, if you're lucky, or a nurse. You can hardly go to a, a family uh, outing or have go very far into your family if you're a black family without having some person who worked at some level in the hospitals. You know, they want to start with the kids again. And I say again because it happened before, but it starts with the parents. The parents work difficult, low-paying jobs, and in most cases, hardly have time for kids. Now, did it stop them from procreating? No. They still fight for life. They still want to pass their genetics, their genes on. It's in all of us. You know, it's difficult for these parents. I mean, the job I have, supposedly you're supposed to have a, at least a college um, diploma where you could have a degree or whatever. But I can honestly say my kid's working and he doesn't make much less money than I and he came right out of high school. How much respect do you think you lose if you're making only a few thousand more than your kid who didn't do any of the things that you told him to do? They still respect you, but it's different. How do we go beyond lip service? All this, um, what's it called? All these initiatives, you know? want to go beyond that these five-year education plans with the minister of education and all that stuff to um you know somehow pay attention to these black kids well one thing i'm going to say which people say is a bad thing nowadays somehow it happened in society is we need to throw money at the problem we need to get the the trades back in the schools you know, teach kids how to, teach kids how to be plumbers, teach kids how to be mechanics, teach kids how to be um, civil engineers, or teach them whatever. There's so many trades you could teach. Hairstyling is fine. You could only have so many barbers and so many hairstylists, though. But yeah, keep that there. Maybe they want to. Maybe a kid wants to be a chef. Maybe they want to be a cook. Maybe they want to be in hospitality. Teach that in high school. Maybe you'd keep their interests. We're not the same. Our culture, like we have a different culture. And what are they doing in Jamaica? <laughs> the whole island is basically a resort. Except for little pieces and pockets here and there. Why not teach hospitality in high school? Maybe they can go back and run a, run a, um, a bed and breakfast or something like that. Maybe they can be a mechanic and go back. Maybe they can give back. And when I think about giving back, I think about people who have taken from our culture when it suited them. I look at the music industry. I was going to call names, but I'm not even going to bother. But just think about people, even in Toronto, who have benefited from the West Indian, Jamaican, black culture. And where have they given back in this culture, in this city? Besides making their own self rich and look amazing and have a huge house and this, that, and the other. I know someone who did with the little that she had, who went, played with the WNBA, and she did. She gave back. She went right back to her elementary school, and she paid for two or three basketball courts at the back of her school. She provided it. It was, it was donated by her. And she didn't even make a fifth. She, no, not even a fifth. Not even a percent of what other people have made. Stealing, using the black culture. Yeah, it's fine in a video. Beautiful. They got a car. Wow. You dropped this person some money. Cool. All tax write-offs. You don't think they had to sign for any of that stuff that they gave them in those videos? 
Come on. I think about even like somebody like maybe PK Zuban. I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna call names. I was thinking of Drake earlier, but you know, Tammy Sutton Brown is the one who who gave back. Now I'm sure there's a lot different making 13 million a year from making how much million, but are you giving back in your city? I I understand they do work. You know the athletes do work for the cities that, that, that they play for and stuff like that. But did you really, really give back? I think about it. If, if I make like 60 million, let's say, uh, low end, if I make 60 million as an athlete, I'm pretty sure I can open or find some kind of a small community center to give back to my culture if I care. We don't give back in my culture. But maybe he did, and I don't know about it. But I'm just saying in general. I, was, I said I wasn't going to call names, but PK's name kind of slipped out. But um, I think about all the other people who who came from the, the black culture, the, the West Indian culture, who don't give back. You don't see it. I've seen, like, you know, this event is put on by the Raptors. I know there's the remix program or whatever it is that is somehow sponsored a little bit by OVO, which is connected to Drake. But the amount of money that is put into these people and from wherever. But I'm saying if you care about the average person that isn't living high society, that isn't exactly black excellence. How about you give back? You know, this culture, this can this Canada, this place, this corporation, you know, they're getting them young again. You know, people had a problem, you know, when they look at back at the you know the days of say John A. McDonald, and yeah, they're they in the and the Catholic Church was getting them young. You know? They were gonna whip the indigenous, this the Indian, whatever it is, out of these these kids and get them young. For the parents, they could care less about the parents. They were killed off, abused, raped, whatever it was that happened to the parents. But the kids, if they didn't listen, yeah, that might have befallen them as well. But for the most part, they could get rid of their languages, get rid of their cultures. And they're doing the same thing now. They take kids from Christian homes and they say, no, it's whatever gender you want. It's now this is normal that's wrong Christianity's too rigid this that and the other and they say whatever I notice about Christianity they don't say about the Muslims because they're still a little bit scared of the Muslims even though there's Islamophobia so you're scared of right a phobia is something that you're scared of so you're Islamophobia so you're scared of Islam you're not scared of Christianity there's no Christianity of phobia so they respect what they what they're scared of but Christians they stomp all over you and you know, there are some Protestant people who, if you think that they're only blaming the Catholics for the residential schools, uh, think again. The belief is, is that all the churches put together and they all thought that the savage needed to be beaten out of the kids and the older, the parents need to be displaced and killed and thrown on reserves and all kinds of stuff. They're getting them young again. You could send your kid to school. And they could change their gender or they could be deciding that they want to be called this. And you as a parent have no choice in the matter. Apparently. Funny to say apparently, right? <laughs> but I think of it. Here's a joke. And um, I'm going to sign off in a bit. We're getting close to an hour of me rambling around. <laughs> rambling on. <laughs> but um, I think of... Here, here's, here's a funny thing. I think of Joseph in Egypt, how he probably lived and did things the Egyptian way, but he still, when he had kids, he still called them by Hebrew names. He lived in the culture. He was well-respected in the culture, but he still maintained who he wasn't. He was always allowed to, even if they gave him a name like Zephnab Penea. He was still Joseph. He was still able to keep his customs. He was still able to practice his religion. But 
it's like in this day and age it's different and I, I you know maybe jokingly I say that it probably wouldn't happen but imagine if now I'm not trying to give anybody any ideas but okay if you send your kid to school today and you decide that her name his name is Susie and you send him in dresses everybody has to respect it right you have to respect the him her or the I mean sorry the he, he sorry the him and he or the she and her or the they and them right and then there's the z and the other stuff that people talk about I, that, sorry i don't have all the different names but could you imagine if somebody decides to send their kid to school with the name of a profanity what are they gonna do hi this is my son you you literally have no choice think of all the names you could have your kid and you could have them literally swearing in front of all the other four or five year olds in kindergarten and SK and JK do, do you have to respect that maybe they would understand it would be definitely cringeworthy I guarantee you if I could I could think of some of the the, the bad profanities that you could literally call the kid by them and then what are they going to call them something else or are they going to respect their rights as well because nowadays everything goes the only thing that is not respected these days is Christianity and culture for real anyhow I just wanted to ramble on a little bit hopefully this was um, some food for thought but 100% they need to bring back things that they used to have now, I'm not supposing that there's some way to make Canada great again, but things have gone and made or taken a, a turn for the worse in many respects. And I understand they're backpedaling now because there was some lawsuits that came up and pledges made that things were going to be better for black students and this, that, and the other. So he decided to destream math and science, <laughs> not even math and science, but there's a lot of science in math, especially when you get to the higher levels and tend to be the smarter people in schools and universities or the, the math students. So you decided to destream the, the hardest part. You didn't try to say if we could destream English first, that we're all speaking anyways, and most of us spoken from birth um, or spoken to at least from birth. Um, but that's going to be something else for the, the upcoming years, I suppose. Um, this podcast was made in, I won't even say when it was made, but I mean, if you were listening earlier, you'd know exactly when it was made, but, um, just some food for thought, Lord help us all. And I'll finish with a prayer. Father, I just thank you for today i thank you for your love and your care your mercy your grace i thank you because of who you are i thank you because of what you've done i thank you for allowing your son lord jesus to die on the cross for our sins for not his own he became sin for us he became sin once and for all that through him we would be all called or those who it pertains to children of God. We thank you for your blessings and your care for us. We thank you. Your mercy is so amazing. You let the sun shine in the just and the unjust. You're such a good God. I thank you for everything you've done for me personally. I thank you. And I ask forgiveness for my sins, those that I know of and those that I don't know of. For every which way that I have gone bad in my life, I ask for your forgiveness. Father, I pray that you help. I know that sometimes life gets people down and I would like to pray for those who life has seemed to 
hit and gone in a bad way for. I pray that you give them strength. I pray that you'd give them the desire to learn about you. And that someone who's listening, you know, the sound of my voice that would be given the faith to believe by you, Father. Believe in Jesus, the Son of God, the man who died and rose again, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. I just praise you and exalt your holy name because, Lord, you are worthy. Anyhow, people, Father, amen. I'll cut back to you guys now. Sorry. Um, Listen, there's many things that can be done to help black people, indigenous people, Asian people from all parts of Asia, from all parts of Africa, from all parts of Europe, from all parts around the whole world. But who can help a brother or a sister out in, in humanity? Each of us can help. You see somebody in need, you help them. You see somebody struggle, you help them. If there's a word you can put in for somebody to to help them to get through, if there's something that you can teach someone, yeah, you can give somebody two bucks and they can go buy a pop with it, but you could also spend five minutes maybe teaching them how to get their own pop. Right? Give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Think about that in your daily lives, people. We can all do something to help someone else. And again, my intention is not to offend anyone. I'm a Christian, so whether you allow me my beliefs or not, or not, I have those beliefs. Again, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. I do not profess to know everything, but I do profess to know who the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is, and that is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Anyhow, this is MCM signing off, and you're listening to, you're probably right. Take care until next time. Please tell somebody about my podcast. And if this is the last time I hear or see or last time you hear me, (laughs) it is what it is. Take care. God bless you.